Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! September 21st, 2023. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing today? Doing well, how are you? I'm doing excellent because, listen, I got some breaking news. You want to hear my breaking news? Let's hear it. That we actually have breaking news to discuss here today because we're talking on Thursday and not on Wednesday, so we have all this to actually discuss here today, unlike the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, normally right when we get off the air, this shit happens, and I guess we have some breaking news to talk about. I'm sure there's going to be more after we get off the phone. Listen, it happens every single week. It's a tradition, but the one week today where we talk on a Thursday, I'm listening, we usually talk on Wednesdays the last couple of weeks just with the way things work out, but we talk on Thursday today. That was not planned. All this shit drops in one day. A lot of news items from today, but not also just from today. We have a lot of news from last week to discuss as well that we did not have a get a chance to get that we didn't have a chance to get to because it happened after we uh, discussed and talked last week. That being Edge's update with WWE, Sheamus' contract reportedly expiring at some point in 2024. What are his plans? Jade Cargill, maybe not only maybe, but gone from AEW, maybe WWE bound, all but signed, sealed, and delivered at this point. We we'll have a lot to talk about that coming up. Uh, not only that, but thoughts on Raw for Monday, Grand Slam from last night, SmackDown coming back to USA Network, Elimination Chamber going to Australia next February, and uh, a handful of talent releases as we speak right now. Probably more to happen while we're talking. I have the page open in case um, anything happens. We'll save that for the end as a result of that. Um, but yeah, Mr. Marceau, a lot to get into here today. New episodes every single week on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora. New episodes every single Thursday. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single week as we approach the 10-year anniversary of the show coming up in early October. I think we have to address the thousand-pound elephant in the room, Mr. Marceau, to start things off here. Um, and again, there's a lot of news dropping today. We'll save that for the end in case anything else comes out about it in the next hour while we're speaking. But Jade Cargill, AEW homegrown talent, the longest reigning champion of any kind in that company, one year plus reign as the AEW TDS champion, undefeated for 60 straight matches, undefeated for two straight years, reportedly coming to WWE after the expiration of her AEW contract last week, losing to Chris Statlander on Rampage last Friday night, and she was apparently spotted at the Performance Center this past week. Uh, your thoughts, immediate reaction to Jade Cargill leaving AEW in a shock development and maybe headed to WWE? Yeah, I was honestly shook when I saw the news. I was like, I was like, this has to be a joke. But I think it was like PW Insider I reported. I'm like, they're pretty credible. So, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe this is the case. And then I saw the spoilers that she jobbed out to uh, Statlander on Rampage. And I was like, they hugged and basically it seemed like her like farewell. So, I mean, I think it's a big loss for AEW and a huge gain for WWE. I mean, she is like the biggest star they had in the women's division. And I mean, they built her all the way up 
she lost that one match. She was off TV for a while, came back, did one more job, and then out the door. So, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, maybe she was like, I don't know how she really got the AEW. I mean, she was, her first program was with Cody, so I don't know if she was like a Cody get, and then now that she thinks she could be a bigger star with WWE, I'm not really quite sure, but, I mean, they built her up, put the rocket up her. She did barely, like I said, she won over 60-something matches, lost twice. Now she's leaving the company. I mean, it's kind of crazy thinking about it, but, I mean, for WWE, I think it's a, a good get because I feel like they need more, more like, star women. So, I think if, I think she needs some, some work. I mean, she does need some seasoning. She's not the greatest in the ring, but... I think her star power alone, they can they can work on the, the in-ring stuff, like you said, the PC and stuff like that. But I think she has a star capability to be like a top woman. Part of the report, I think, from PW Insider and or Fightful was that it wasn't money-related. But I mean, honestly, how could it not be money-related? I'm not saying it's the sole reason, but when you see that her contract expires in AW, they... And you also can't say that they misused her either. No one can say they misused her creatively. She went undefeated for years and lost two matches, including her farewell match last week to Chris Statlander, which had just so happened to be her best match in AEW, and it was on a taped Rampage show last Friday. It was actually a really good match. Um, but how is this not money-related? I mean, she probably knows her worth. WWE missed out on signing her a couple of years ago, not because they didn't want her. Apparently, they did want her and offered her a deal, but she said no and went to AEW instead. And she said in interviews in the past that she went to AEW partially because of her family. And the schedule was more lenient. She could see her family more. She's got a daughter. Um, and I, obviously the schedule in WWE is much more aggressive. But I would have to imagine they were going to offer her a bigger deal than what, a, than what AEW could. Could you think? Do you think it's a case of she knows in WWE she can make one a lot more money at this point in her career? If she re-signed with AEW for another couple of years, her stock may not be... Her stock is probably as high as it's ever going to get from being in AEW coming off of her long title run. In two, three, five years, she'll still be a big star in AEW, but who knows if she'll still be the same level of star as she moves over to the, you know, the main division with the Tony Storms and the Soraya's and uh, Britt Bakers and people like that. Do you think it's a case of like she knows in AEW that she did all that she probably could do? I mean, aside from winning the main women's title, of course, she was only there for a couple of years. And in WWE, now's the time to maximize her potential and head on over there and get the biggest deal she possibly could. I mean, theoretically, on booking basis, how else could she be bigger than she was now? I mean, like you said, she won 70-plus matches, had the belt for over a year. She's only lost twice. I mean, theoretically, if she stayed, she'd definitely probably lose more. And like you said, she's not like it's like she's getting any younger. So, I mean, basically, I feel like she could go back to AEW, but I feel like there wasn't, not that there wasn't much for her left for her to do, but like you said, she was so dominant, she would never get back to that same level. I just feel like the cards kind of wrote if she was going to go to WWE it'd be the perfect time it's based on her popularity or star kind of capability and like what else she could have done like yeah she could have gone to like the women's I guess championship side because she only really was with the TBS bell and did that for the, her whole run but besides that once she wins that there really wasn't much for her to do left I mean she literally beat everyone so um, but no I, I think it's also one of those things like yeah it's great being dominant in AEW but I mean, people saying, like, I don't have to go to WWE. If you had the opportunity, I don't know why you wouldn't at least try. And I think she has the capability to be, like, a next, like, star there. So I think it would be foolish to not even attempt to try it. 
I, I don't think this is really much of a risk either. I mean, you can say about certain people leaving WWE, like if the Elite were to leave, which they're not because they re-signed a couple of months ago. If they were to leave, that would be a risk, specifically for the Bucks. I think Omega would be fine, but like Paige could be underutilized at a certain level in that company. The Bucks are a great team, but at the same time, their tag team division is clearly not a priority in WWE. Are they going to be having matches with, you know, the returning AOP or something? On main, I mean, on main event, probably not. But, you know what I mean? There's a certain level that you can reach unless you are the New Day or the Usos or the Profits. Every team hits a ceiling at some point in WWE. Not to say they can't go there at some point or shouldn't have gone there originally or whatever. But it's more of a risk for someone like them, especially with their style, too. Jade is tailor-made for WWE. Not to say that she was not successful in AEW, because obviously she was. But you take one look at her, and she looks like a star. She looks like a WWE superstar. Not everyone they sign will look like a WWE superstar, but she gives off that aura. That being said, she still has work to do in the ring. She's been wrestling now for a couple of years. AEW is kind of her developmental. But then the question becomes, if and when WWE does, does sign her, do you consider the AEW run enough of a developmental run for her to where she can go immediately to the main roster, probably for the money they're paying her? Or, which I've seen other people say, and I'm kind of of two minds on the thing, but I'll ask you first, should she go to NXT first? Um, it's like a great question. I think it's, I think people like, oh, she needs to, I think she does definitely need more development, but like, I think what a lot of people also are failing to realize, like, I don't think you could train her for three years. I don't think she's ever going to be like, she's never going to be the greatest worker. So I feel like, I mean, some of the greatest stars in WWE or wrestling history were not like five star ring general technicians. I mean, it's not like the rock was having five star fucking technicianal matches here. And same with like Hulk Hogan and stuff like that. Like there are some people that just like, they have the star, they do the moves and they don't have to be like, up red hard or like that in the ring. So I think she like, she could use a little bit more work just like on the basics, but I think what they're paying her and what star she could, I would just put on the main roster. I think put her on NXT, which is, I mean, I don't like, so I don't think she's ever going to get to like what people want her to be. So I would just capitalize on her star. And yeah, she's not the greatest. Like I said, she's not going to have five star classics here, but I mean, she is a star. So you, the star itself can, can overcome the, the, in, the inequalities in the ring. I mean, Stone Cold wasn't a fucking technician as Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, he was fucking... People just bought everything he did, so I, I think she, she'd be fine going right to the main roster. I think she would probably go right to the main roster again for the money they're probably paying her. I honestly don't really have a preference. I'm honestly fine with whatever they do. They put her immediately on Raw or SmackDown. Not to say she's like a Kenny Omega or an AJ Styles where she needs to go to the main roster. Like, those people did not need NXT runs. Uh, or Kenny Omega, if he were to come over, does not need an NXT run. Jade is not the same level of star or as established elsewhere as, as they are. So her going to NXT first would be fine. She doesn't have to waste, like, you know, AJ Styles, being the age that he was, did not need to waste time in NXT. Jade has her entire career ahead of her. She can't afford to be in NXT for a couple of months six months, whatever it might be. It's September right now. So I was telling someone the other day, what if she were to have an NXT run uh, soon? Because, I mean, she was at the Performance Center on Monday, so she could be signed by, like, in the next week or two and then debut within a month. I mean, it really doesn't take long. And then she can be in NXT for a couple of months, maybe be in the Royal Rumble for the women, representing NXT, and then debut on the main roster after WrestleMania. Would you be open to that idea? I mean... I guess, 
Yeah, so I just, I just, honestly, to me, I think she should just skip right over NXT. I, I, I mean, I just feel like they have so many women down there that they're putting her down there just like take. I mean, they already have Becky down there as well, so mm-hmm. I would just put her on the main roster. I mean, I'd probably put her on Raw, I believe, but I mean, I guess you have Nia there too. But I think you, honestly, I think you maybe try to start off as a babyface and see where you go from there. But um, I mean, they're so heel heavy on Raw minus Becky. Um, so I don't know, but I, I, I just think she should just come in as a, she should just come on the main roster. I just, I don't know what putting her on NXT besides a couple, if you, like you said, like what, a couple months and, and then she comes up. I just feel like at that point you might as well just, just have her go on the main roster. I mean, I was also thinking if she were to go to NXT, you could have her be the one to beat Becky Lynch for the NXT Women's Championship on one of those Raw Open challenges, and then she goes, she debuts on the main roster as part of NXT. If that makes sense, wins the title, and then loses it in the next couple of months, four or five months, whatever, and then goes to the main roster. I mean, do you think she could kind of get a main roster run, but not really by going to NXT first if she's working with Becky, or would you just rather see on Raw or SmackDown? I think I'd rather to see on Raw or SmackDown. I think like someone else that's developing could use the rub more than her like I said I mean I just I don't think she really needs it the Royal Rumble's in a couple of months I've seen people say she debuts in the match I said she can maybe win him we'll get to that in a second but do you think they wait until January to debut her I think she'll be coming in regardless of where she goes I think we see her on TV a lot sooner than January it's September as we speak right now yeah I would have her debut before the Rumble um I think I mean I think you could wait if you really wanted to but I mean, I think it, it, her stardom is like is now. I mean, she's in the news, so like I feel like waiting off. Like, not that everyone watches AEW, they watches WWE, but like at least getting her acclimated to the product a little bit more, and then then having her like a dominant performance in the Rumble or possibly winning it would make more sense. Um, but like I said, I think she'd fit in per- if they tried perfectly as a babyface on Raw. I I mean, like I said, they don't have besides Becky. They don't really have any other real big established women besides Raquel, who's, I mean, she's lost to, like, Raquel a thou- or Rhea a thousand times, so. Um, besides them two, I mean, Becky's not even on Raw right now, really, like, involved in the storylines. I guess she's on Raw defending the NXT Championship. Besides that, it's literally Raquel, and then who else? Liv's hurt, uh, Natalia, I guess, like, mm-hmm. who else would you consider? So, yeah. I think putting her as a babyface would be, would be a perfect start on Raw, and, I mean, we know she works as a heel, so. You could always pivot to that if needed. Well, now in retrospect, I'm even, you know, more bothered they brought back Nia Jax because I feel like she could have had that role. I, I feel like Raquel is like, she's a baby fish. She should be a heel. But, well, maybe if they bring in Jade, they can turn Raquel. I don't know. I feel like Jade is a more natural heel based on what we saw from her in, in AEW. But I feel her and Raquel, her and Raquel also kind of fell the same role, as does Nia Jax coming in and just killing everyone, as we've seen the past two weeks. Um... I do like the idea of her going to Raw, like you said. SmackDown has Bianca when she comes back, Charlotte, EO, Bailey, a lot of people. You know, I just not- feel like also like they're, with the way they're telling her right now, uh, Nia's like literally destroying everyone. Yeah. So it's like she's beating everyone's ass. Like, oh my god, who's gonna be able to stop Nia? And then Jade comes and beats the shit out of her, and like people that they throw the babies in there. I mean, I just I feel like. I mean, Raw, she literally beat up all the other women that are on the show. I mean, if, if they were that smart to, like, build it like that and then have her basically be the one, like, confront Nia or whatever, I mean, 
I think it would be a good start. But like I said, I think even if you, I like I said, I, I hate Raquel as a baby face. Like she's terrible. She's just too smiley and like shows off her back muscles. Like she can't <laughs> do it. So like maybe you have Jade. Like like I said, maybe she goes against Nia, and then like somehow out of it, like we get a Raquel heel turn because. We've seen her in NXT. She was great as a heel. I think as a babyface, she's like literally one of the worst babyfaces I have. Yeah, no, listen, we've talked about Raquel a lot. I think Raquel is very good. She has the potential to be a top talent in that division, Raw or SmackDown, for years to come. But they got to tweak what's not working. It hasn't worked for the last year and a half. She's been in the main roster since early of 2022, right after WrestleMania. And she's been a babyface the entire time. The babyface thing worked in NXT because it made sense with the you know, Dakota Kai thing at the time and everything else. There's no real reason as to why she's a babyface right now on the main roster. And maybe it's a matter of circumstance because they already turned Rhea. They don't need a heel right now. They have Nia now. I don't really know, but they need to fix it with Raquel because it's not going to work in her current character. Um, you know, but that being said, though, with Back to Jade, is she a front runner? Is she a realistic front runner? to win the Women's Royal Rumble match next year. And if she was, I know I'm, I sound completely crazy considering she's not even signed yet, but you have to, you know, consider the possibility. Could she face, you know, a Bianca or a Charlotte or a Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania for the championship? Nothing should be, uh, you know, counted out as a possibility is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, there's also, I just feel like the women's division, like, if they get her, I mean, it was reported, I haven't heard anything, like, Kyrie Zane was allegedly coming back or signed or... I think she still is. I think she still is. I don't know. Okay, so we haven't seen her as well, so I just feel like, honestly, I feel like she could win the Rumble. I don't think it's totally needed. I think, honestly, like, trying to think who the champions now, it's Io and Rhea. I mean, I think Raw-wise, I feel like we're getting Rhea and... Becky, yep. theoretically, would be the match. SmackDown, I honestly have no idea. I mean, Io's still the champion. She's facing Asuka tonight or tomorrow night. I mean, I feel like you could even – you could do Jade and Bianca without even the belt on the line. I feel like you could do that. So, um, it's depending on what's, what's going on in SmackDown. I know Bianca's on SmackDown. She could win the belt by then. Who knows? But, I mean, it's possible. I think I, if she's in the company, I think she'd probably be one of the front runners. But you also have to see kind of in the next – four months where kind of the creative's going. I mean, I think this is only a logical step for, step for Jade as far as her career goes, and not only in wrestling, but just in general. Having the platform of WWE, and AEW was a great platform for her, because she was all over the production trucks, advertising, everything. I mean, she looks like a star, even if she wasn't ready two years ago. They promoted her like a star to their credit, and now she's gone, unfortunately for them, which is a big loss. In WWE, it's that bigger of a platform. I think within five years, she could be out doing other stuff. Maybe not even in WWE. Or while with WWE, doing movies. I mean, stuff like that. I don't know how great her acting is or whatever. But, you know, she's clearly a woman of a lot of different passions and pursuits in terms of other stuff that she likes to do. I think she owns a business right now. She does a lot of other stuff beyond just wrestling. It's not her bread and butter. So, I think we could see her doing other stuff within a couple of years. And it only makes sense for her to be using WWE as her latest vehicle to get to more other, you know, endeavors in the future, no pun intended. Last question for you, speaking about, you know, AEW and whatnot. Jade is as homegrown as they come. She turned down WWE, according to an interview she did a year or two ago. She turned down WWE, went to AEW, they built her up as a star. You know, Rocky beginning there and that whole Cody Rhodes-Brandy thing, although it did result in that great <laughs> segment with Brandy Rhodes that we talk about and her great debut three years ago. Um, but listen, they built her up from the ground up. She had no prior pro wrestling experience. 
She's not amazing in the ring by any means, but, you know, she feels like a star. She's progressed nicely. She's a homegrown star for AW, or at least she was. What message do you think this sends? Not only if she goes to WWE, but if she goes there and is used well, do you think that's, like, a lot like with Cody Rhodes, do you think that's attractive to other AEW stars, whether they're from WWE originally or they've never been there, like a Wardlow or a Hobbs, they see how Jade's used and like, all right, maybe I can give this a shot and I don't have to worry about being misbooked or underutilized over there. No, I think if she goes to WWE and she gets a run or does well, I mean, it would be 2-0 and in that category because we had Cody who's had a great run and then it would be her, so... Um... I mean, I think like you're like you said, like if you're like a Wardlow specifically. I mean, I I think I saw him on the side of a milk car, and I don't even know where he's been. So <laughs> I think it depends on the people. I think like someone like a Wardlow, like he has the body and the size. I mean, that's just like a WWE staple. Um, they just like that, like those superhero looking people, like the character, like they have the like it just is what it is. I mean, that's like their bread and butter. Like like you said, Jade's like made for WWE. Like she is, she's got like that star look. She looks like she could be in a movie. Like. That's kind of what they attract. So someone like a Warlow or like a Hobbs, like you said, they have the body alone. I think, well, like I, said, I just don't think there's really a downside to going from, you're going from a, I mean, it is what it is, like the, the minor leagues or a secondary company to the big dog. I mean, if it doesn't work out, then you always can fall back to, like you said, they, there's other things or you can improve also just going there, like you might improve like just like your game in general. So I think it's, if, if Jade goes there and, and she is successful, like you said, I think it would open the door for more people to be like, hey, I'm being underutilized. Maybe I should, if I have, there's interest, might as well, like, try it. I mean, why not? I said last week, and I got a lot of responses, but Wardlow, I mean, he's a guy to me that I know he said in the past, oh, AEW gave me the opportunity, they're my home forever. Eh, I wouldn't be so quick to make comments like that. I mean, listen, people change, minds change, situations change. It doesn't really matter. It's not like he said, fuck WWE. But he's a guy, I don't know about you, I'm sure you agree, that could end up in WWE eventually. There's a few other people on that roster, Ricky Starks, for example, I could see in WWE eventually. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I saw reports last week, someone said, like, WWE was high on him if he became a free agent. I mean, I think he's also just like a Cody guy, so, like, I wonder how many people, like I said, Jade came in with Cody, so it's like another Cody person, so, I mean... I mean, I don't want to like speculate too far, but like, imagine if MGF had leaves in January and goes to WWE, they would lose AEW would lose their biggest homegrown guy and girl in a matter of six months. I mean, you could even make the argument not even homegrown that they could be losing the biggest their biggest stars. star. Period. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's just a, that's just a wide speculation, but I mean, Jade is that she is that for them for the women. He is that for the guys, yep. and I mean, it's definitely possible. So, I mean. But like you said, I think Ricky would be, like you said, another Cody guy. So I, I think it's possible. I think, like you said, if you're not – if there's interest, I don't see why not. Like, it's worst-case scenario, you're, you get released in a couple years and you go back to doing what you were doing before. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not a bad, uh, you know, risk. There's a lot of people, I think, that fall under that category. I've always said that, listen, the report – with WWE specifically – with the experiences that have come out from people that have worked there on the talent roster that say, listen, they'll fuck you. Well, we, we talked about this before we went live here with the contracts and stuff, which we'll get into at the end of the show. Like, you don't know in, until you're there. And I, I feel like some people might have that mindset. Like, listen, I'm at a point in my career where why the fuck not? I'll give it a shot. You have to go in with the possibility, with the mindset that I could get cut at some point. This may not work out. You can't go in. Even 
regardless of what they tell you, the empty promises and stuff, you have to go in knowing there's a chance this could, this might not work out. But there's also a chance that it might, depending on who you are and your talent level and your potential and people like that. Um, Jade will be just fine. I can't imagine Jade will be working main event with friggin' Zaya Lee. So I think she'll be okay. Um, people like Starks and Wardlow, I also tend to believe they would also be okay. So, uh, you know, keep an eye out for them. The Jade thing could end up being very instrumental in people. I mean, I'm surprised more people have not jumped to WWE, to be honest, from AEW in the last year and a half since Cody made the jump to WWE. Um, maybe it's a contract thing. I don't know. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Jade's asking Cody, like, listen, how is it over there? And he's like, listen, it's great. I mean, he was already there originally. But like you said, she seems like a Cody girl, and that might have uh, factored into the decision, and maybe we'll find out someday. But a lot on Jade. We'll save that uh, for another time as, as far as when we find out more in her situation. Uh, two quick updates, though, on Edge and Sheamus. Edge, it came out last week that he was off the internal WWE roster, which doesn't mean everything. People then thought, oh, he's going to be a Grand Slam next week. Well, no, he was not a Grand Slam this week, obviously, but you never know. I mean, with Edge, he could still end up in AEW at some point, maybe as soon as Wrestle Dream, if his contract in AEW is up at the end of this month. Eh, Wrestle Dream's on October 1st. It's a possibility. Um, have your mind, has your mind or thoughts changed at all on Edge maybe leaving WWE? I think at the end of the day, he sticks with WWE and doesn't go to AEW, but anything's possible. Yeah, I think he's staying with WWE. I mean, it's definitely possible, but I, I think he just stays with WWE. I mean, just because they took him off the internal roster, that doesn't really mean much because if his contract's up, they have to take him off the roster. But there were also people that were off of that were on WWE.com until the day they stepped in AEW. So I wouldn't read too much into it for you know, people that are looking too much into it. But keep an eye out for that. Sheamus, his contract is up apparently next year. And he's an interesting one because I said yesterday people were very quick to jump to conclusions. Oh, he's staying. Why would he leave? Blah, blah, blah. He's been with WWE his entire career. He's also a guy that's done it all. And he probably already peaked. He's 40-something years old. You would never know it. He doesn't look like it. He can also go more than most of the roster. The guy's great. But you hear about the Sheamus situation. I feel like he might might fall under the Randy Orton category from four or five years ago. When Randy's contract, and he's a much bigger star than Sheamus, obviously, but Randy's contract was said to be coming up, and he was, like, dropping hints on Twitch and on Twitter, like, oh, I might be all elite, like, and all this other sort of shit. Um, He was never going to go to AEW, but he used that as leverage and probably got a sweetheart deal out of it to stay with WWE. With the comments that Sheamus has made in interviews about his frustration with creative in the last year, not doing more to capitalize off his momentum, which I would agree with, and all this other sort of stuff. Do you think there's a chance that we could see Sheamus in AEW, or not just in AEW, but outside of WWE come next year, especially when you consider his close friends Miro and Claudio are both already in AEW? I mean, it's possible. I mean, I just, similar to what you said, I mean, if they don't, if it depends on like the interest. I feel like if they didn't show the interest, then yeah, it's a possibility, but I feel like if the interest is there, then why why wouldn't he why wouldn't he leave? I mean, like I said, I guess he has friends there, but I mean, those two people also were released, so it's not like they just expired. Kind of like they both got released. So I don't know. It's like one of those deals. I feel like with the veterans, like you said, I feel like it could be a good bargaining chip to like say like, oh, like I might go to AEW or like you say that to AEW and just kind of like boost the deal up. But I think at the end of the day, it's I think he would stay in WWE. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think it's only going to work in his favor in the sense that he might use this, oh, my contract's up, I can go elsewhere, blah, blah, blah. He's a great asset to have because he does all the media. He's been around for a long time. He's established. He's seasoned. He can work with the younger guys. He's been working He's been working with Butch and Ridge Holland now for the last year and a half. Um, he would be a loss for WWE. I don't think he goes anywhere, but he is one to keep an eye out on because I can maybe see him leaving. Drew is the same thing. Drew's contract is also... They could leave together if they wanted to. Uh, you never know. He's an interesting one, so keep an eye out for him. Uh, as we Before we head into the big news from today specifically, do you want to touch upon Raw from Monday night? The Jey Uso story continues to dominate Monday Night Raw. Can he be trusted? Can he not be trusted? Is he joining Judgment Day? Obviously, he did not. But we saw Cody Rhodes beat Dominic at the beginning of the show before interacting with Sammy and Kevin Owens, talking about, listen, I brought him to Raw because I wanted to give him a second chance from the bloodline, and that's why he's here. He didn't say that he was headed to SmackDown. That could still be happening at some point. We don't know who's going to SmackDown. That would be funny if they never really addressed that. It would be annoying as hell, but typical of WWE to not even you know pay that off. I think we will get that payoff at some point, and it could be Cody Rhodes. But we had that. Uh, we had Jay and Drew in the main event. Drew beat Jay. And then while Judgment Day was beating up Jay, Drew walked off and it was Cody Rhodes who made the save. So not a whole lot else on Raw right now really worth getting excited about. But I think what they're doing with Jay right now and the story they're telling with him, Cody, Sammy, Kevin, and Drew, that's five people right there. And Judgment Day, so that's another three or four people, has been really well done and has kept my interest from week to week. Because I am curious to see where this goes and if it does lead to a Drew heel turn on the Sooner side. Yeah, I think it's just funny that they literally moved Jay to SmackDown to Raw, and he's literally been, like, the catalyst of the show. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he literally, everything about Raw is basically based around him. Like you said, like, bringing him in, what he's going to do, his attentions, whose side he's on. I mean, we got, I mean, he's a baby face. He, he turned on the Judgment Day here. Um, he said that kind of helped Drew win. They beat up him after, and then Cody with the save, Drew down and just walks off. So, I mean, I thought it was a good, decent show. Like I said, besides that, there wasn't really too much else of note to like really, like you said, get excited about or really care about. I will just jump on this. Like, don't, like, are we done with the Viking Raiders yet? I honestly wouldn't be surprised they got released today. Um, I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. I just feel like they've done everything. And it's like Eric had this big match on Raw. It's like everyone's like, oh, like. Got to show what he's got. It's like, he's, they've been around forever. Like, what else are you going to do with them? I know I just went on a completely different tirade, but watching <laughs> Raw and people, like, talking about it, it's like, they've changed the gimmick a thousand times or tweaked it, and it's never worked. So, like, what, when's it, like, what's the payoff, I guess? So, with them, specifically, no, I don't think they're going anywhere. I mean, listen, it would be pretty shitty if, because they did have the best part of the show on Monday, I thought, him and Kofi, in a completely unexpected great match between... Um, I think it was Ivar and Kofi. They had a really good match. Nothing on the line, random singles match. They're a quality team, and I think they look at them as a team that others can beat, and that's why they're there. I don't think they're ever going to do anything with them. I don't think they'll ever give the, the you know give them the belts back and put the tag titles back on them or whatever. I mean, those days are long gone. They haven't been tag team champions in almost four years. That's It's not going to happen. But I think they put them in there to work with the Drews and the, the Riddles as a team, and the New Day and stuff, and I think for that reason, there'll be a staple in that division for at least a little while longer because they can use them to put over more teams. That's my that's my uh, whole thoughts on the Viking Raiders. 
I guess. I just feel like they're on the show constantly, and it's just like, like I said, I guess they're putting people over, but it's like, I feel like, like I said, they've tweaked the gimmick so many times, and they just, I guess if they're just there to put people over, but I just feel like they put in way more effort into them than most people that are just there to put people over. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, they've actually won a fair share of matches recently, but it's only because they're going to, you know, the other teams are getting their wins back at some point, whether it be Riddle and Drew or the New Day or whatever Kofi beat, you know, Ivar on Monday's Raw. It's not like Ivar had this, he had a great showing, but it's not like, oh, they're going to start pushing the Viking Raiders after this, or oh, Ivar's in line for a singles push. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, and listen, that that's not a bad thing either, though. There are a lot of people, teams, whatever, I mean, most wrestlers, honestly, like 90% of the roster, you can only go so far. Certain people can, you can only do so much with a certain individual before they've done it all. With tag teams, there's a shorter shelf life because there's not as many titles to go for. But, you know, with people like that we'll talk about today with the releases, they did everything they could do. And their departure, I mean, I hate to see anyone out of a job, but if it's not their choice, obviously. But like certain people did all they could do. There really isn't more you can do with them. And their departure shouldn't really be all that surprising. Viking Raiders, to me, fall in that category, although they're not let go of yet, which is good. I like them as a team. But yeah, I know I agree. I, I can I can sense the apathy from fans when they come out because they have changed the characters a lot. They're damaged goods, as we say, a lot. But Yeah, you know. that's, I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like They're basically at the point that they've done legitimately anything, everything they could. They've tweaked the gimmick. Three or four times, they brought up Valhalla, and they changed the face paint, the shields, the, the the outfit, and it's obviously it's still kind of the same verbiage, or same kind of, I guess, style or thing, because obviously they're still Vikings at the end of the day. Yeah. I just feel like, like you said, I just feel like I hear the horn, and I just literally groan, and I'm <laughs> like, again? And then it's just, I don't know, it's just, they're at the point, like you said, they're just damaged goods for me. And every time I hear their music, I just groan out loud. I'm like, ugh. No, listen, I get it. I mean, we've been to a lot of shows where they've been on the show in, in recent years, and I can sense that reaction from a lot of people because you know they're not really going anywhere. And I like the team. They're not a bad team either. They're very good in the ring. They had a lot of success outside of WWE and Ring of Honor and New Japan, but they've reached the point where, a lot like in those promotions, they've done all that they can do. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying to let go of them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they... I mean, again, that comes with everyone at some point. The Usos in the New Day are an exception because they're just so over and so successful. I mean, they're they're definite exceptions. Um, everyone else is kind of like, you know, teams come and go, people come and go, and that, it is what it is. They've been there for five years, almost six, actually. They signed in early 2018. So it's I'm actually kind of surprised they've lasted this long. But I, I like the match on Raw, and, uh, you know, we'll see where they go with them, but they're probably just going to go back to not appearing on the... I'm actually kind of surprised they're on Raw regularly, to be honest, um, just because... They have so many other people that don't really get a lot of TV time, and they're they're on there every single week, and they're not going yeah. for the tag titles, so it is weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll probably get that New Day Viking Raiders two out of three falls match. I would assume either next week or the week after, and they can blow that off and start going in a different direction. I feel like I've seen those two teams mix it up a million times, and it's time to move on. Uh, thoughts on Grand Slam from Wednesday, last night's AEW Dynamite show. Two title changes. We had Claudio drop the Ring of Honor World Championship to Eddie Kingston in the title for title match where the New Japan Strong Openweight title was also in the line. Great opener. Chris Jericho beating Sammy Guevara before Guevara turned on Jericho afterward in Shawn Michaels' Chris Jericho WrestleMania 19 fashion before joining Don Callis. Uh, Ray Phoenix is the new international champion beating John Moxley. Moxley hurt. Hopefully he's okay. Adam Cole also hurt after jumping off the 
Ramp, which was a freak thing. Uh, hopefully he's okay as well. That was during the main event. Soraya retained the women's title against Tony Storm in a much better match than I thought we would get between the two. Soraya's best match yet in AEW. And then in the main event, MJF retaining the AEW World Championship against the uh, Ring of Honor television champion Samoa Joe in what was also a great match. So a pretty straightforward show. Kind of felt like a mini pay-per-view. Uh, we're getting more AEW pay-per-views once a month, apparently. We'll get to that in a second. But um, your thoughts overall on Grand Slam from Wednesday? Did you enjoy the show? Not so much. What were your, what were your top takeaways? That was a decent show. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I feel like you got to address it first. I mean, Moxley fucking, I'm surprised the guy's still alive. I mean, he got dropped on his head twice, and he got landed on his head when Phoenix jumped off the off their entrance ramp on his head. And, I mean, definitely did not look good. I've seen reports of that he definitely had a concussion. I mean, the second pile drive, he, you could clearly tell he literally landed right on his head. Yep. Um, I mean, the one thing I guess on that I just don't get is, like, the, he literally just took the belt from Orange, like, two weeks ago. He like, held the belt for, like, forever. And then two weeks later, just drops the Phoenix. I mean... I don't know. I feel like that's just so... The, like, at that point, you might as well just had Phoenix beat Orange Cassidy, I feel like. I, I mean, I don't know. Does that seem weird? It's like if Gunther lost the belt to Chad Gable and then he dropped it two weeks to someone else. I mean, it's like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, feel, it was bizarre. I don't know. I just... I thought... I, I mean, definitely thoughts to Moxley. I mean, like I said, he dropped on his head three times. I just hope he's okay. Cole, like you said, I don't know if like, he might like tweaked an ankle or something on the lower his lower body, his legs somewhere. I mean, definitely didn't look too good, but like I, said, I thought the matches were pretty good. I thought um, the main event was good with MJF and, and Joe to MJF wins. I mean, I don't think that was kind of uh, any kind of thought. Um, the Guevara joining Callis, I mean, I guess it's a swerve. I mean, like I said, it was very WrestleMania 19 esque I mean, they're wearing the same fucking colored trunks. I mean, I think that's just hilarious, but... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll see where it goes there. I mean, I like Guevara. I just feel like he keeps going to different groups, and he's just kind of there. Um, I mean, he hasn't really done too much lately, so maybe this will help his, his singles run. But, I mean, Takeshka's kind of more of the focus in that group. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, Eddie Kingston winning was there. Uh, and like there? That, Ray and Tony wow. Storm had a good match. Like I said, definitely her best match so far uh, in AEW, and I thought it was a, it was a good match for her. Yeah, no, Tony Storm's been one of the best parts of the product in a while. Um, Soraya has not had the best run this past year. We talked about her debut almost exactly one year ago. But, um, you know, she had a pretty good match, and Tony's just great right now. So, for a match that had some smoke and mirrors with the shoe shit and and stuff, they actually had a much better match because of that stuff than they would have if they didn't have it. So, I like that. Um, I love the Eddie Kingston thing. I mean, he's... Who, who gives a shit about Ring of Honor at this point? I get it. But, like, the moment itself with him finally winning something of note in this company, even though it's not an AEW title technically, was cool. In New York, no less. There's so much Ring of Honor presence on Dynamite these days. I mean, it's funny because I watch and, and I you know review the, the weekly Ring of Honor show I have for years now, but it's like none of the shit actually matters on that show, which goes to tell you, like, it's not really helping Ring of Honor at all. They had the world champion on the show, which is, um you know, Eddie Kingston now. Uh, Claudia was the previous world champion. The tag team champions are on Dynamite. The TV champions on Dynamite. All this other shit. But it doesn't even make much of a difference because they're not even on the weekly Thursday show. So who gives a shit? And that show, you can see Tony Ace face fucking Ari Daivari. Like, again, who cares? Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I really like the show. I enjoyed it for what it was. The John Moxley thing was weird. I was surprised the title change happened. If that was a result of the injury, I'm not sure. If it was, then okay. If not, I'm not upset at it. 
Moxley being the one to beat Orange Cassidy was fine because he's a bigger star than Cassidy, so I get it. Um, the two-week reign was weird, but you know, we'll see where it goes. And, um, yeah, the Guevara thing I like with him being with Don Callis. I mean, the, 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 the Guevara-Jericho thing had to end a while ago, so it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bummed Joe didn't win the title. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to, obviously, but, you know, it would have been a great moment. He could have got a token title run out of it, but it's not that big of a deal. So the new word coming out of last week, another thing we didn't get a chance to discuss on the show last week, was that AEW might be expanding to one pay-per-view a month. Now, we talked about a while ago that they could be expanding their pay-per-view schedule to more than four or five shows. Now the new report is that it might be one pay-per-view a month, including a new one coming up in December. It might be starting now. We're getting Wrestle Dream on October 1st and next weekend. We have Full Gear in November, and they might be adding another show in late December, which is fucking dumb because December is such a dead month for wrestling. Um, the WWE pay-per-views like TLC was never always that great because it happened in December. Um, I, I mean, winter is coming is one thing, but like adding another show right before the new year is just stupid to me. Like no one really cares at that point. Wait until January or whatever. They have revolution in March. So wait until January. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but I know we're kind of of some mixed thoughts on this mixed minds on this is a good or bad idea. I'm not saying they should do this, but at this point, my point to you on Twitter a couple days ago when we first discussed this was that to me, the builds to these pay-per-views cannot be much worse so at this point, adding more pay-per-views, at this point, fuck it, like, whatever, just give it a shot and see if it works, because I don't know if it can be much worse than the builds they now do, having four or five shows a year, waiting until the last minute to build up a lot of these cards. Yeah, I mean, I saw the report, I mean, I just don't, I myself, I'm not down for the whole more pay-per-views, I feel like they have so much TV as it is, and I don't enjoy a lot of it, so I just feel like adding another pay-per-view every month, and like especially if you have to buy it on HBO Max, obviously you get it for free, but I just feel like how much... They're trying to... I, they say that they're trying to be an alternative WWE, and they do everything that WWE does, so I just feel like I would not do a pay-per-view every month. I don't think it makes it better. I think less is more in this specific area, and I think WWE could learn from that, but I just... I just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of against it, honestly. Yeah, I, again, I don't know, like, I think less is more. My top takeaway is that less is more. I, I think it, it can't hurt AEW because, again, the build, the shows end up being good to great almost every single time, for the most part. So I don't think it's going to hurt with that. But at the same time, a lot of them are great because they have so few of them. Do you think you could help, though, in having more shows like WWE where it would cut down on the cards? Because the biggest complaint from me, I complain about it constantly, is that these shows end at fucking midnight Eastern time. And they're like four or five hour shows if you include the pre-shows. Do you think if they have monthly shows, we can get down to at least three hour pay-per-views like with WWE or less? I honestly, what I have never understood, and I, I also this WWE-wise as well, I just like... I don't understand. I don't know if it's like within the TV contracts, and it has to kind of go both ways for both shows, specifically for WWE, since they were or they're on different different kind of uh, broadcasting companies. One with Fox, one with NBC Universal. Mm-hmm. I just I don't understand like why they don't instead of having a pay every month, just like have like a bigger Raw or a bigger SmackDown. Like they used to do like the Golden shows, like they had that SmackDown. Like I feel like I don't even know what the hell it was called, but like just have like a Raw or SmackDown each month or like every other month instead of having a pay-per-view, like a bigger show. So then it makes it feel like it's more must-see. I just, as a TV, like I said, I don't know if it's like 
they have to confirm with Fox and, and NBC Universal, and it kind of like goes like if you don't do it this month and that whatever. But I just feel like they should use Raw SmackDown each every, like every other month that you can have like a bigger show, that like make it see make it feel more must see than just your normal Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I think they should be doing more of that. We'll get to the new NBC deal that they made earlier today, and that could be the way that they're going. Um, I don't know, but the thing with WWE is this. They've had a monthly pay-per-view every month this year, except for, I think, in June. But even then, we had two in May, so that was why. But every single show has been great. And they have been three to three-and-a-half-hour shows, but they've also been, like, six- or seven-match cards. Like, do you think with AEW... Now, they also do the month, like some of the you know specials and shit from week to week, and it is what it is. But and some of them are good, some of them are just typical dynamites. I, I think they can cut down their like. It's weird because WWE has like six or seven match cards that still go almost the length of an AEW pay per view, but they have like half as many matches. With AEW, do you think they can again cut down on the time a little bit, but also get less matches on the card? I feel like when they shove in fourteen matches, it causes you to care less because again, to me, less is more. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think it's possible, but I think it was just, like, one thing that definitely detracts me from thinking like that is, like, they have those Battle of the Belt shows that are completely a waste of time. That oh, yeah. Like, like, why would, like, that's just extra program that you could get, like, that, but they're literally throwaway, and they've always have been. I just, that's one thing I just don't want to see more shows, so you add on top of that, plus more shows that just, I, I feel like those Battle of the Belt shows should be more must-see, and they're just a little throwaway at this point. No, yeah, no, get the get rid of that shit. I mean, that has not been important in a while. We should be due for another one of those in the next couple of weeks, and, uh, you know, I will pursue to not care because no, they, they just have not been important since day one. Uh, let's get to the big news of, the, uh, of today, obviously, because there's a lot of it. Let's talk about that first part first of what I just mentioned. SmackDown returning to USA Network in October of 2024, five years removed from SmackDown's move to Fox. They're headed back to USA, which is where they were previously prior to the Fox deal, although they were live on Tuesdays. Now going forward, apparently, they're going to be live still, thank God. They can't go back to being taped. There's no way they can ever go back to SmackDown being a taped show, except now it's going to be on Fridays. Um, you know, Thursdays would be cool for me, but I think the idea was that they don't want to go on Thursdays because it competes with football. I mean, they competed with football years ago, but it was a taped show. They probably didn't give a fuck. Um, nowadays, SmackDown's a bigger and a better show and it's live, so they don't want to compete with that. So that, I guess that's probably why. Um, but anyway, so that that's big, and they also announced that, like you just mentioned, and like we mentioned before we went live here, NBC getting quarterly specials um, live on you know prime time. So like Battle of the Belts, but 10 times better, hopefully. And like I said, I hope it's better than like, you know, I, I don't want it to be like, oh, WrestleMania recap, like which is what they've done in the past. Have it be like an actual event like a Saturday night's main event type event that's like an hour long. I don't know if they, maybe they said two hours, I don't know. But if it was like an hour, they put on a couple big matches, that would be cool. Um, but either way, I mean, good for WWE. They're getting apparently from this deal reportedly $1.4 billion. Because like I told you, I thought moving from Fox to USA would actually lessen the deal because Fox is a much bigger network. That was part of the reason why they went there. Big network, big money. They're going to a smaller network where they're going to get fewer people watching the show, I'm sure, but they're making more money. WWE keeps falling upward, which for them is amazing news. Um, Your thoughts on the deal? WWE headed back to uh, USA with SmackDown, which could also mean that Raw and NXT are also leaving the network. Um, All but confirmed, but more on that in a minute. 
No, I mean, I think it's a good deal for Smith. Like I said, making more money, which, I mean, like I said, theoretically going to see less eyes. I mean, um, I mean, just USA Network's not as big as like, the big Fox. I mean, I guess, like you said, they'll have those, those specials on NBC, which is obviously as big as Fox is. But, I mean, I think, like, the number itself, I just, I mean, I don't know, with, like, inflation, how much that really jumps up. But I don't know. I just feel like WWE is very hot right now. So, I think where the product is and where their numbers are, I think it, it makes sense, like I said, based on on the making more money. But I think they've also always been big partners with NBC Universal specifically, so it doesn't overly shock me. When I hear that, that they're going back to USA, because, again, I thought it would be a negative for them, but if they're making more money, then that's amazing. But with the Fox thing, do you think overall being a football guy, and this also means that they're not going to be preempted anymore either. Not that it happens often, but it's happened a handful of times where they've had to go to FS1 over the years. No more. After October 2024, that is. Um, being a football guy, being a Fox guy yourself, you know, I'm not even a football or Fox guy, obviously, but I've also seen a lot of advertisements for WWE, much more through Fox and on commercials and at the Super Bowl and shit than it would if it was still on USA. So WWE, in my opinion, has benefited from this deal a lot more than Fox did. Do you think WWE ever, this deal with Fox, ever really truly lived up to its potential of what it could have been and that Fox may have been expecting a better or hotter show than what they got? Um, I mean, I feel like they promoted a lot. I mean, I feel like now, I feel like even NBC or or USA alone, I feel like they promote, I feel like they promote Raw a lot when you're not, I mean, usually like I watch NASCAR and they're on USA Network, um, when they're not on NBC and they promote Raw every week, so, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess I'm not watching every day, but what I've seen, I feel like they do do a good cross promotion. I feel like Fox did that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think probably they thought it'd be a little bit bigger than it was. I mean, I think, I mean. Smith did do the best ratings in wrestling consistently for the last few years. So, I mean, not sure exactly what else they would want. But, I mean, like I said, I, I feel like if USA came in with a lot bigger, a lot smaller money commitment, then it'd be like, clearly they thought it wasn't worth it. But they're giving even more money than Fox did a couple of years ago. So, I think it would say that, I don't know if they expected more, but clearly USA Network thinks that, or NBC thinks it's worth it. Maybe you can shine some light on this for me, but when it came out that it was headed to USA, it wasn't said in the press release from WWE about this. It came out later from Hollywood Reporter that this would be the case, that Fox, or rather Raw and NXT, would no longer be on USA going forward after October 2024. Now, I, I didn't really understand that because they've all been under the USA Network umbrella before. Five, six, seven, eight years ago, they were all on USA. Not NXT, but Raw and SmackDown were both on the same network. Is that because they make more money by just having SmackDown? Because if, if if they paid one billion, one point four billion for Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, that's one point four billion at you know period, whatever. But if they only get SmackDown for one point four billion, then they can make more money by Raw and NXT going elsewhere. Is that, that I mean, thinking about it now, that might be the justification. What was your takeaway from that when you hear that? Yeah, I think it's just that they, they, I mean. You're going to make more money for more people dishing out money. So I think theoretically, it's like if SmackDown or Raw and NXT go to a different company, then they're getting more money from a different source. It was also said in that report, and it hasn't really been discussed a lot today due to obvious reasons of other stuff overshadowing it, but if they go elsewhere with Raw and NXT, NXT whatever, NXT is not leaving TV. I mean, that's been made pretty obvious. They've done 
good enough ratings on uh, USA lately that I think that it's going to be a package deal with Raw and NXT, so it's not going to Peacock or whatever. But what was I going to say? Um, oh, with Raw, what was kind of lost in the report was that it might be moving off of Mondays. Um, you know, in that Amazon and ESPN, I think, were like the top, or Disney rather, not ESPN, although it could air on ESPN, would be like the top bidders for where Raw could go. Like, would it air on Amazon Prime? Like, with Disney, they own, like, ABC. But, like, with Amazon, what does that mean? So, I mean, I, I do you think they move off of Mondays? That, to me, would be a pretty... I, I don't know if, if I'm WWE if I accept that deal. Raw's been an institution on that Monday night for 30 years. I'm not really sure if I would move away from that if it meant going to another network or whatever. But maybe money talks. Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends. I mean, the problem is, like, they get their butts whipped by football in, in the summer into winter. So, I mean, I feel like once football is over, though, there really isn't too much direct competition on Monday. So... I mean, I guess you just kind of have to take your wounds when, lick your wounds when you can. I would stay on, like I said, I would stay on Monday. I mean, like it's just such a staple. I don't know why you'd move it, but like I said, maybe, like I said, money talks. But I just feel like what's what you're missing with football once the other sports start up, like basketball and hockey are mostly on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. So. I mean, then you'd be kind of getting that umbrella as well. So I would keep it on, on Monday. Like I said, I think it's just such a staple that it would be kind of weird not to have it on Monday. But if they're that much that worried about the football ratings, I mean, like I said, it's only a few. It's not, I mean, I guess it is four months theoretically that. So a quarter of the year you're you're getting destroyed because of competition. But I, I would keep it on on, on, on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, if they move to Tuesdays, you said they also have competition there with basketball. Is that as bad as football? Probably not, No, right? it's not going to be as bad as football. I mean, football's, I mean, football rules the rules, so yeah. it wouldn't be that bad. But it's just, like I said, I just feel like Monday Night Raw is so iconic. I just feel like it would be like weird to not be on Raw on Monday. Yeah, I mean, but Thursday's also football too, right? So I, think, I feel like Thursday's got to be out of the question. Yeah, it would basically be Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday, could you see a possibility that whoever buys Raw or NXT, they move it to Wednesday? I mean, fuck Dynamite. They could be like, hey, listen, we don't give a shit. We just don't want it on Mondays. Could you see that possibility? It's possible, but I, I would say, I think Tuesday would be the, if they were going to change the day, it'd be Tuesday. And maybe put and NXT I in. would do Tuesday and then switch <laughs> NXT to Wednesdays. Yeah, or Thursdays or whatever. Yeah, probably Wednesdays. <laughs> back, back to the Wednesday Night Wars, you're saying? Yes. Oh, great. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, more news coming out of today. Elimination Chamber headed to, it was in Montreal this past year we were there. Next year, Australia. Perth, Australia. Their first Australia show since October of 2018, almost exactly five years ago when they were there for Super Showdown. They're headed on back on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, thoughts on the news? I mean, I like it. I will say, I don't like it how it's like now it's going to be like the February staple. Like, oh, February, bring the chamber out, bring it out of the the, yeah. the uh, storage hall and put it out. Like, <laughs> I don't love that idea. I mean, I think the pay-per-view itself is a good international get. I mean, I think it's more intriguing than like a crown jewel per se because it's like you're getting something with it. Because I think the last three time, two times now it'll be third that we've seen Elimination Chamber was in an international market. We had the Saudi show, we had Montreal, and now in Perth, Australia. But I just don't want it to now just be like the staple before WrestleMania. Like, dust off the chamber, it's February. I mean, I think you should sp- spread it out and it should mean something. 
to have it. But like I said, I think for an international, maybe the thought is like an international market giving them something that they'll look forward to. Like I said, like an elimination chamber is like at this point, like the besides money in the bank is like the other specialty pay-per-view you can look into. It's right before WrestleMania. You can kind of build stuff into WrestleMania off the chamber like they've done in the past year or two. So mm-hmm. I get it. I just, I don't love it. It's Tuesday. It's, it's February. So dust the chamber off. Yeah. No, we talked about it last year um, with the elimination chamber. I was not last year, but last week rather, I was hoping that with triple H taking over, got rid of extreme rules and hell in the cell. I was hoping that, it would also mean the end of Elimination Chamber as a single pay-per-view. Because remember, you can't challenge people to Elimination Chamber, so that's why it's a pay-per-view, of course, as Triple H told us last year. But in all seriousness, I mean, it would be better if they didn't do that, but they like the idea of, oh, you got to go through the chamber to make it to Mania. You know, whatever. Um, the fact of going to Australia is cool. We talked about it last week that Sami Zayn, you know, they were in Montreal. He got the title match in his hometown right before Mania. <laughs> we get Roman Reigns and uh, Bronson Reed at uh, Elimination Chamber 2024 before WrestleMania. Hey, anything's possible, pal. They could very well make it happen, and I would not complain, although it probably won't. Um, the Sami Zayn one made sense. That one likely would not. But listen, anything can happen. Maybe Rollins. Maybe Ron, Rollins and uh, Bronson Reed. they got to book the guy first. I know he beat Chad Gable on Monday, but hasn't had a lot of wins to his name beyond that. So we'll find out in due time. Uh, the biggest news from today, several talent releases, and there is likely to be more after we get done recording here. There have been more since we started talking over an hour ago. So we'll get into all of them here. And I will add to it as we wrap up if there are more. And if there will be after we're done recording, then that's a bummer. But here's what we know so far. So this came out first thing, you know, an hour or two ago uh, as part of the new Endeavor deal becoming complete earlier this week. And I'm sorry, it was last week that it became complete, that it went, uh, you know, became official. Um, and here's what we know so far. And you knew this was inevitable, but uh, Emma will not be on that Australian show, unfortunately. Uh, Aussie native and the whole hope five years ago they let her go in 2017 she comes back they're going to do another Aussie show she tweeted about it less than an hour later she finds out she's no longer employed by the company so that's a bummer Mustafa Ali the number one contender originally to the NXT North American Championship at No Mercy that seems like one hand's not talking to the other or one hand's not knowing what the other one's doing as far as why they would let someone go that has something going on right now in NXT and is scheduled for a pay-per-view match next weekend. A little strange, but we'll get into it. Uh, Rick Boog's gone. <clears throat> Aaliyah. Riddick Moss. Elias. Top Dollar. Shelton Benjamin also announced. And former world champion Dolph Ziggler uh, rounding out the cuts so far from, uh, from Fightful. Those are the ones that are confirmed. Again, if more come out before we wrap up here, I'll mention them. Uh, 90-day non-compete clauses per Sean Ross app for most of the releases. There could be NXT ones that we don't know about yet, um, but he's pretty reliable, so I'll, I'll take this word on as far as who we know about so far and those being confirmed. So of those group of names, Mr. Marceau, give me your thoughts on uh, some of these departures here. I mean, not to sound cruel. I mean, like I said, I don't want anyone to lose. I just feel like none of these people are expendable. I mean, obviously, Ziggler's probably the high is definitely the highest one. I mean, Sean Benjamin, you could probably... You'd say good number two. I just feel like with Ziggler specifically, it's like he's legit done any, every, he's legit done everything. I mean, not that this was overdue, but like they just haven't booked the guy in forever. It's like I like Dolph Ziggler, but it's one of those things. It's like even he's at the point of how can I miss you if you don't go away? The guy could go away and he comes back and just it just is what it is. I just feel like 
they did everything with him. It's just he's just been in the system for so long that just like people just don't care anymore. And it's like I feel like he's like the de- he's like the perfect example of like why the territories like would work because back in the day the territory like you'd be fan- you'd go to territory do what you can for a year and then you'd move on and like then you'd go to a different market that people that hadn't seen you when you've been in, in the same system for so long and you've done everything and then to get to the point that there's nothing left for you to do just people just don't care and I like Dolph Ziggler I think he's a good wrestler in that but he's just to the point like he's just done at this point for WWE and I fear the Miz is getting into that territory soon but yeah, definitely for Ziggler I like Sean Benjamin I mean, he's literally done everything before he came back. Um, I mean, he basically was just putting people over. It, I'm not totally shocked that he's gone. Aaliyah, I mean, I like Aaliyah. I know you hate Aaliyah, but um, definitely sad to see her go. I thought her little run with Raquel was like, whatever. She got hurt. Haven't seen her back since, and then she gets released here. Like Emma a lot. Haven't used her since she got back, or they did a little bit. I feel like she was brought back just to put people over. Mm-hmm. And then Elias, I mean, you said people were like, oh, he was so underutilized. I mean, the guy was on NXT as Elias Sampson, and literally no one gave a shit. And then he got brought up, had a way better run than he should have had compared to what his NXT run is. I mean, they did everything they could with him. Uh, Brick Books, I mean, I feel like he was called up way before he was even ready. And then he had that run with Shinsuke, got hurt, released. Uh, and then with Madcap or Riddick Moss, I like Riddick. He kind of tweaked his gimmick a few times when they brought him back recently with Emma. I mean, he kind of pushed him a little bit. People just didn't give a shit, and he gets released here as well. Top dollar. I mean, they were not the same without Swerve, so it's not overly surprising. So, I mean, I think it's definitely sad to see people lose their job. I don't think any of these people are expendable. I mean, people get mad every year and throw a tizzy, but... It, it, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, a lot of releases. I'm surprised um, a little bit in that uh, Fightful also noted that a lot of people in WWE were under the impression that in the last year and a half, we really haven't seen a lot of releases. Not that people haven't left the company or haven't been released or whatever, but a lot of people have either left when their contract expired, like Lacey Evans being one of them. She probably would have been, if this happened now when she was still under contract, she probably would have been included in the releases. But apparently, apparently her contract expired. And they let her go through that. That's how AEW does it. And we talked about it before we got going here, that AEW also does not release people unless, you know, they're, they kind of need to, like with Punk or someone like that. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, they sign people to deals, and if they don't have any use for them, they just kind of let them sit around and write out the contract until they, uh, until they don't renew it. And that happened with a lot of people in the last couple of years in AEW. And it looked like WWE was also kind of headed towards that until we hear what happened today. With the TKO thing, it was kind of inevitable. We heard about the possibility of this last week. And they have a lot of people on their roster. They brought a lot of people back when Triple H first took over. Some have worked out. A lot have not. Not to say they should let go of everyone that didn't. Um, but to kind of bring our conversation from what we were talking about before we hit record here, when they signed people to, like, five-year deals, dude. Like, this happened years ago when they were going to sign... Gallows and Anderson, they five, they signed to five-year deals initially. I mean, they, they could also be let go today. We don't know. But they were signed to five-year deals back in 2019. And it was like, why? Like, they signed them for big money, and they ended up letting them go less than a year later anyway. And I think the talent might just want to get the money while they can, which is great. But I just don't feel like on WWE's end, <clears throat> it's entirely 
honest or whatever to sign people to deals where you just have no inclination of actually finishing it out, if that makes sense. I know they've done this forever. This is not a new thing. But And I, I, I said, you know, they can sign people to shorter deals. But like what you said, they might not want to sign it in that case. So I feel like the talent should probably know when they sign it. Yeah, there's a chance. Maybe they know they're going to get cut. I don't know. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think like this one specifically, like you said, you're like they're headed like most people thought they're headed in the way that they weren't going to release people. I will say, I think with the new TKO or like the actual Endeavor merger, I think it's one of those things that they probably were planning on doing that. And mm-hmm. then now that they have another company looking at it and they're looking at the books and saying, hey, we have these said people. We can see that they have data. I mean, these people aren't. They, they, I mean, it's a big company. Hey, we haven't. See, we're looking at the sheet. We're spending X amount of dollars on these said people that haven't shown up on TV in uh, seven months. And what are we doing with them? Do we have plans? No. Okay, get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of more like they said with Lacey Evans. They just like her contract expired and she went on. And I feel like we hadn't really seen like the mass releases. So I think the whole mass releasing recently is or today basically is due to the new company merger and they're looking at their books saying why are we having all these people on the roster that we're not using i mean i understand that for a point but like you said i think with the contract itself like you i think with the job security thing is like oh they're going to give me a three-year deal that sounds a lot more security and sounds better than everyone signing for a year if you're one of those people then i mean why would you sign it because you think if you hadn't had good success, especially someone coming back, a one-year deal sounds like, hey, you're gonna we're going to use you for a little bit. If you don't work out, then we're just going to move on from you. So I think the three-year deal or like the longer deal feels like more job security. Maybe that's why people mm-hmm. sign that over definitely a one-year deal. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things too where maybe, maybe like you said, maybe you think it's a one-off thing with these releases and they won't routinely release people like they were doing a couple of years ago and they'll go back to, you know, doing what they were doing the last year where they only let people go and their contracts expire, maybe? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I guess we'll see. But of the names, no one... I mean, Dolph Ziggler to me is certainly surprising. The guy I thought was a lifer there. I mean, I know you said The Miz is in kind of the same category or could be there soon. But even with him, though, I don't think they would ever get rid of him because they use him for a lot of stuff. Dolph, they don't use as much for a lot of other stuff. You just don't really see him at all. He's not been on the show in ages. He's already been in that role where he's on the show putting people over. He's been in that role for years now. So it's not even like they can start using him for that. It's not like he was on TV as the Intercontinental Champion last week. Like, he hasn't had a real run with anything of note in quite a few years. He was doing the tag team thing for a while with Rude. Then he went away. He's been on his own. Did the NXT thing for a while. He went down there. He did really all that he could do in the company. I'm not saying they should have let go of him. But I'm honestly surprised that they did let go of him just because he seemed like you'd be someone that would be there forever and they could utilize him in a backstage role or whatever. I guess not. Top dollar, I would have to imagine. I hate to say it. If they're letting go of him, who was the bigger guy, not only literally but figuratively, of uh, Hit Row, I, I can't imagine they would keep B-Fab with Ashanti. I mean, Ashanti's the better worker than Top Dalla. But it would be weird if they only let go of one and not the other two. So I guess we'll find out on that front. Um, same thing with Shelton. I love Cedric, but it's been clear for years they have no plan for Cedric Alexander. They tried pushing him maybe once or twice, four or five years ago. He's been in the team with Benjamin now for a few years. Um, they're not reuniting the Hurt Business, so he's gone. Um, maybe Cedric could be coming. I don't know. Riddick Moss and Emma, both, they just, they're just they getting married soon, and they just got let go, so that sucks. Emma getting let go on the same day the Australian show was announced. 
is certainly a bummer. They brought her back, and I saw a stat earlier saying that she only won one match this entire year, and it was on main event. Otherwise, she's lost, like, 20 different matches, which is like, I know you bring these people back to lose. She was never going to be women's champion, but it's like, I don't know. It's just weird to me. Uh, the Boogs one, not overly surprising. I thought he could have had a higher ceiling. Um, you know, lately he was, I mean, he hasn't been on the show in forever, but, you know, I thought him and Elias had a decent thing going. They never really did much with it. Elias is a perfect example of a guy that exceeded all expectations, had a nice little career, got over, um, was there for a long time doing multiple different characters, including Ezekiel, which I thought was really fun last year when he did that. There really wasn't much more that he could do. He's been a free agent, quote-unquote, for a few months now. Now he is actually a free agent. Um, And that's about it. Aaliyah, you know, she hasn't been on the show in a year. I never really thought she was that good. But at the same time, um, I I can't even say they never really gave her a chance because she was tag team champion for uh, like a week. Um, I don't think they ever really should have called her up. I'm just surprised it took them this long for them to let her go. But again, it could have been a case where they were waiting for her deal to expire because... Why else would she still be there after a year? And she's been cleared for a long time now. And then Ali was the most surprising one because, again, he had a match coming up next weekend in No Mercy. But I don't think the people that were making these calls cared or knew about that because I don't think they would have let him go. Or at least not yet. Who was that? For Mustafa Ali. Yeah, I mean, they just clearly aren't paying. Like you said, the one hand's not talking to the other one, I feel like. He's <laughs> literally going to face Dominic like next week and then they release him. So, yeah. I mean... That's, I mean, maybe that's just, like you said, maybe that they looked at the sheet and said, hey, Mustafa Ali hasn't wrestled on Raw in seven months. And they're like, well, let's just get rid of him, not knowing that he's on NXT, literally challenging for their mid-card title next week. So, I mean, I think, like you said, I think that's just one hand not talking to the other. But, I mean, I also just, I mean, they've, he's been on the main roster back and forth. I just, I, I, I just, I don't think they're ever going to push him to where people want him to be. So, unfortunately... He was like, uh, do you think it was also a case? I'm not saying that I'm not justifying any of these releases, but do you think it was also a case with Ali where they were paying him main roster money, which they probably are doing for Corbin and Dana Brooke and people like that who are in NXT currently? Uh, Becky Lynch obviously is not getting into motion. Do you think with Ali he was getting paid main roster money and he's working developmental right now, which is what it is? It's not a third brand, it'll never be a third brand again. It is what it is. And they were like, eh, they were paying him too much to be working on Tuesdays. I know you can make the same case for, like, Corbin, but Corbin, I don't know. I just feel like they like Corbin more. than Ali wanted to go anyway a year and a half ago, so do you think that could have played a factor? I think it could. I also just feel like I said, like, they brought him up and down so many times. I just, I don't think he's ever going to get past a certain level. At least with Corbin, I feel like he's one of those people, if you're not watching NXT, he has been away, so I feel like you could rehab him and bring him back and, like, he could be, like, in the mid-card title. I just or mid-card scene, like, be, like, a, a not, I don't know, a force, but, like, a contender there. With Ali, I just don't think they're ever going to put him in that role. Like, so I just, like I said, I, I, I think he's, like, to them expendable. Yeah, uh, some surprising names in there. A lot of them were unfortunately expected. We'll see if there's any more. Uh, those are the full names, list of names of, of what we have right now as we're speaking. There could be more as soon as I hang up the phone on you in a minute, but we'll find out. Uh, so the, the list includes as of right now as we're talking, because I'm going to put this up on YouTube. So for anyone I didn't mention, this is why. Emma, Ali, Rick Boogs, Aaliyah, Riddick Moss, Elias, Top Dollar, Shelton Benjamin, and Dolph Ziggler. Rounding out the releases today. Uh, if there is anyone else we'll talk about it next week here on the show, including 
Uh, no Mercy predictions. Wrestle Dream is next weekend as well. Another big weekend of wrestling coming up uh, next weekend. So we'll talk about it next week here on Wrestle Rant Radio as we quickly approach the 10-year anniversary of the show. New episodes every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Uh, have a great one, Mr. Marceau. Thanks for joining me as always, and we'll see if we have any enough. Then falls the week next because we did today if we record on Thursday. Sounds good. Sounds good, brother. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.